This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 136. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. It has been a busy week since I came back from vacation, but I'm here today to record another podcast for you. So I'm very excited about that. Just want to remind you before we get started that I am doing my Wednesday weekly words every week. I send out an email to you with some words of encouragement, some little tips and tricks on to how to have a better life. If you want to participate in that, you can go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com and sign up there with your email address. I also am still compiling some questions from you for me to record a future podcast. And basically what I'd like to do is answer your questions about life coaching, about how to handle stress in business, anything you want to ask me about my coaching and how I handle the stress of the industry, you're welcome to ask me. So either send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook, or you can send me an email, dbm at gmail.com, and I will compile those questions and then record a podcast for you answering all those things. So hopefully you will get me some questions so I can do that soon. Speaking of questions, that's what I want to do today. I have been going through many, many coaching sites and psychology sites and compiling some questions that we can ask ourselves, things that you can do in your own life to start figuring yourself out, start to set some goals, some insightful questions to give you personal insight. So I've got a huge list of those right now. I've been working on it for a while. And today I want to do the first of that series of podcasts on questions to ask yourself. It's going to be a little bit of self-assessment and a little bit of techniques to help you move forward in your life. So if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling worn out or compassion fatigue from working in the veterinary industry, these questions will hopefully help you sort that all out and help you to make some decisions on the things that you want to change. And that's what this is all about is change, positive change, and learning about yourself. So let's get right into these questions. The first question that I thought was probably a great place to start is the question, what was I doing a year ago? What did I accomplish last year? Now, there's a couple of different ways to look at this, right? You can either list all of the bad things that happened to you last year and all of the good things that happened to you last year, which with COVID, a lot of things didn't happen to us. And so part of your list could be what didn't happen or what was prevented from happening because of lockdowns and things like that, or the restrictions that were put on our lives because of COVID. But the point of this question is to get us to look back and help us keep in perspective what we were doing a year ago. 
looking back at each single year can remind us that we have a lot to be thankful for. Even in the midst of the pandemic last year, a lot of good things happened for me. Even though in the moment it was hard to see that, and even now it's hard to see that. But if you can look back at the things that you accomplished last year, the things that you lost last year, the things that you tried to do and maybe didn't do, or the things that you tried to do and did do, if you don't judge yourself about those things and you just look at them honestly and list them out, that gives you a great starting point to start to plan where you want to go in the future. And there are things that we wanted to do last year that for some reason we didn't get to do, and that will help you assess whether it's something that you want to put on your to-do list for this year or next year or whenever it's possible, or whether you want to let that missed opportunity go. Because sometimes you think you want to do something and then life changes course and maybe the plan is different for this year. So this question of looking back at the past year, and you can start from January to December or from June to June or whatever works for you, just get a good idea of where you've been and become aware. What are some of the things that you're thankful for? What are some of the things that in the moment seemed horrible, but turned out to be a good lesson for you? This is an exercise in assessing your past, not judging it, not trying to change it because we cannot change the past, but looking at it objectively, honestly, and then working through it. So if you're in a place where you can write these questions down, I would encourage you to do so. Type them into your phone or whatever. If you're driving and listening to me, please don't do that. (laughs) Listen later, and I will try to list these questions out in a uh, document. And if you want it, just email me and I'll send it to you. So the first question was, what was I doing a year ago? The second question that is kind of along these lines, but looks more to the future, is, am I who I want to be? Because we all have this vision of the kind of person that we want to be, what we thought we would be if you're older, what you want to be in your future. And the vision is true. You have one, whether you realize it or not. But most people are not the people that they really want to be. Therefore, it's important that you ask yourself this question. Are you the person that you want to be? And if you're not, what is it that's keeping you from that vision? It's kind of a big, heady question, but it is the thing that you have to ask. It speaks to your morals. It speaks to your values. It speaks to your hopes and dreams. So being honest with yourself And asking yourself that question will help you sort these things out. And this is not a question to be looked at with self-deprecation. You don't want to beat yourself up if the answer is no, I'm not who I want to be. Most of us aren't entirely the person that we want to be on a daily basis, right? We have basic morals and values and virtues and strengths and weaknesses, but we all have something that we would like to change in most instances. There's very few people that think they're perfect. And so this question is to be asked in the spirit of 
not that we want to beat ourselves up for not being the person that we want to be, but to be open and honest and understand if there's something that's keeping us from developing into that person, how will we develop into that person? What will we do to work on ourselves to be the person we want to be? And when I read this question, I think about, am I kind? Am I generous? Do I want to be more generous? Could I be more open to other people and their differences? Could I be more accepting of other people's ideas? I want to be the kind of person that is open and honest and loving to everyone. And I don't always show up that way. My critical brain wants to judge people. I have this very strong need to judge my clients, my family members, myself. And so looking at this without judgment is the key. Not using this question to beat yourself up. It's more about getting in touch with what's going on in your life and whether it's going in the direction that you want it to go. Now, the next question that goes along very intimately with this question is, where will I be in my life in the next one, five, 10, or 20 years if I continue doing what I'm doing now? So a lot of us have a vision of where we'd like to be in the future. We want to have enough money to retire. We want to have a strong family unit. We want to raise amazing children. We want to have successful businesses. We want to accomplish all kinds of different goals, right? And my goals have changed over the years. And many of them I've accomplished. And then others I've birthed as new goals And one of them being the coaching business, the podcast. I would have never thought 10 or 20 years ago that I would be doing a podcast. In fact, I didn't even know what a podcast was. So your dreams and your goals can change. But if you don't work on yourself and change the things that you think you'd like to change, where will that leave you in those next years? The question is meant to get you thinking about where you want to be in the future, and what are the things that are going to need to change to get you there. Most of us spend a lot of times doing things that don't work us towards our goals. And on some level, you have to, right? There's self-maintenance. You have to take showers, and you have to keep yourself clean, and you have to do your laundry. There's things that don't necessarily move you closer to your goals, because they're maintenance things. But if you constantly allow your life to be sabotaged by those maintenance things and you don't make a conscious effort to move towards the things that you really want, you won't get there. And I face this dilemma with some of my coaching clients when they want to be owners of a practice or they want to be the boss in some way at their hospital and they feel like there's no clear path to be that person And so they kind of give up. They just keep doing the things that they've always done and never take a step out of the box to work towards that dream. So if you have average actions every day, then you will get average results. If you take big actions and take big steps towards your future, then you can create the giant goals that you want to create. So being a little past focused for a short period of time 
What did I do last year? Who do I want to be? Am I that person? And where will I be if I stay in this lane? And is that really where I want to be? Those are great questions to start you thinking about your future goals and where you want to start to aim your ship. I was laser focused when I was younger on owning my own practice. Because I was so focused on that, I spent a lot of time learning about the things that would help me to be a great leader, help me to learn business, and help me to acquire my own practice. My original dream and goal was to start a practice from scratch. However, I adjusted those goals when I decided I wanted to be a mom. So just because you set big goals for yourself and you decide today that you want to do something in five or 10 years doesn't mean that you can't make adjustments to the direction that you want to go, but it also doesn't mean that you don't want to make those goals. Because if you don't focus on where you want to be in the future, then you'll never get there. If you're focused on it, and need to make some adjustments along the way because you decided to have children or you got married or divorced or some change happened in your life, it's okay. You can adjust without giving up on your goals. The end result might not be the exact thing that you thought it would be, but at least you're still moving forward towards that thing. So the next question kind of leads into that. It's really impossible to predict for sure where your life will be in a year or five years or down the line, but you still have to set some goals. So the fourth question that I want you to ask yourself is where do I want to be and who do I want to be in the next year, five year, 10 year, 20 years? And 20 years seems way, way far away. But let me tell you, if you don't have goals, if you don't know where you'd like to kind of be, or at least have a direction to aim in, then you're not going to get there. So it's important to have a plan. Asking yourself specific questions allows you to set goals about everything that you want to achieve in your life. If you don't have specific goals or at least specific goal directions, life will take over and it will take a hold of the steering wheel in your life. I kind of think of it as one of those self-driving cars that they're developing. You have to actually program in a destination in one of those cars in order to have it drive you somewhere. At least I assume that's how it's going to work, right? It's not going to read your mind. It will not know where to go unless you tell it where to go. The problem is, is that when you drive without a destination or you don't have a goal in mind, you're more likely to end up in a place that you don't want to be. So this automatic car, automated car, will drive you to a place that you really don't want to go. And it's kind of the same thing about not setting goals. So having some clear pictures in your mind that you can concentrate your actions on or your efforts will help you move forward in your life. And those goals will give you motivation because as you chunk off each step and make decisions towards those goals, you can see that life opening up ahead of you. You can see the things that you really want coming into view, just like when you're driving to a destination. Out the front view window, you'll start to see where you're going. There have actually been studies that show 
that people that succeed in life are those that have written goals and a plan. They're 10 times more likely to get to the goal that they have set than those people that don't have any goals. And that makes sense, right? If you don't have a goal, how are you ever going to get there? So on some level, that study sounds a little crazy to me. But just think about the people that know what they want and write it down and go after it, as opposed to the people that just float. Some of the floaters get somewhere successful. Some of the floaters make a lot of money. Some of the floaters have success in business. But most of the time, it's the people that work, know where they want to go, and spend time doing the work it takes to get there. Now, when you ask yourself this question, where do I want to be in the next 1, 5, 10, 20 years? Understand that goals need to be set for all parts of our life. We always think of goals as work, and I do this all the time. I have a goal for the podcast, and I have a goal for my writing, and my book writing, and my work, and how am I going to get my records written up? You know, these are my goals usually. But what we tend to forget, and what most of my coaching clients struggle with and ask me for help with is that we also have to make goals for our physical health, our mental health, our families, our relationships. So I think of it as the five life areas. If you've never heard that before, there's different versions of it, but most people separate our lives into five areas. One would be career or financial. That's kind of one area developmental or educational. What do you need to get training in? That's number two. Number three would be your physical, and I would add your mental health. That is number three, is health. Number four is your family, your relationships, your social structure, the people that you are friends with. That's a fourth area. And then the fifth would be your values, your spiritual growth. And those are kind of the five areas or buckets that we have in our life that we need to work on or fill. So on a regular basis, if you ask yourself the question, where do I want to be in one year? In my career, in my education, in my health, in my relationships, and in my spiritual journey, those will help you aim in the right direction and get that automated car on the correct road. And then that five areas helps you create balance. And we're always talking about balance, right? We have to have work-life balance, family balance, spiritual balance, all those things. And that's what that kind of means to me. Not that you're necessarily going to spend the same amount of, of time on each area because that doesn't work. You have to spend the right amount of time on each area. And the right amount is different for all of us. So it goes back to knowing yourself, where you want to go, and what you need. Because when I'm coaching people and they're asking me, what should I do to take care of myself? I'm burned out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out. I have to ask them questions. What does that mean to you? Some people, relaxation means running and jogging for miles and miles and miles. To me, that sounds brutal. Some people, it means getting on your bike and riding 20 miles. I think that sounds amazing, but other people would think that that sounds like work. I love recording the podcast for you, and on some days it feels like work, but most of the time I enjoy it. 
So if I schedule the podcast into my day, oftentimes it's enjoyable time and I don't need the downtime that I might need on a day that I spend at work. And I I need that mental downtime. So it all goes back to knowing yourself and that's what these questions are all about. Now the next question that you can ask yourself in the five areas or just in general is do I enjoy how I'm spending my time? And that kind of goes back to what I just said. If you're not enjoying day to day, no matter how much money you're making, no matter how much stuff is happening in your life, no matter how busy your hospital is, no matter how great your kids are, but if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to feel fulfilled. You're not going to feel accomplished. So think a little bit about what really makes you feel great. What feels hard? What feels stressful? And then ask yourself, how can I change that? And you can change it by quitting or you can change it by thinking of it differently. I'm all of the opinion that if something is feeling heavy and overwhelming to me, I need to question why. What am I thinking about it that's making it so heavy? And is it really that difficult? How can I think about it differently? And if I can think about it differently, am I enjoying it? Or is it something that I really don't like? And if I really don't like it, how am I going to model my life so I don't have to do so much of it? One of my favorite examples for this is housework. I'm not a big fan of housework. I love a clean house. I'm a little bit of a clean freak when it comes to my home, but I'm telling you it's not spotless because I don't enjoy cleaning it. And so I enjoy the result of getting the house clean, but I don't enjoy doing that. So if I ask myself, am I enjoying how I'm spending my time and I'm doing a lot of cleaning? The answer is going to be no. And then so it's up to me to decide, do I want to keep doing that myself or can I hire someone to do it? I just hired somebody to paint the outside of my house. Could my husband and I have done it myself, ourselves? Maybe. But would that really suck? Yeah, it would be terrible. So is it worth the money? I'm trading money for someone else's expertise. That's what I choose to do. So I can use my time spending it doing the things I like, not painting the house or cleaning the house or whatever the task is that you're not so jazzed about. And that also comes down to medicine. If you're in the veterinary field and there's a specific thing that you really hate doing, such as surgery or dentistry or orthopedic surgery or something that you don't enjoy, can you find someone else to do it? Because there's obviously people out there that enjoy the thing that you don't enjoy. And then if you enjoy something, can you take that part of medicine on to help out your fellow veterinarians? I enjoy bird medicine, so I see the birds. Some days I question that decision because sometimes it's not great, but for the most part, I enjoy it. So instead of doing cat dentals, which you know I don't like, I let someone else do those and I see the birds. So ask yourself, do I enjoy how I'm spending my time? And then piggyback on that, am I happy? Because we seem to think that happiness is one of the most important goals. When I ask my coaching clients, what do you want? They say, I want less stress and I want to be happy. But most of us don't actively do anything to create happiness. 
We do things because we think we are supposed to. We do things because other people expect it of us. We do things without even taking the time to see if that particular thing is something that we want to do. And so when you wake up every day and you don't choose to find your day happy or look for happiness in your day, then you're going to hate whatever it is that you're doing. It doesn't matter if you change jobs. It doesn't matter if you quit and you stay home. I oftentimes think that I should just retire and quit work and never go into the veterinary hospital again, especially if I have a bad day. But when I really sit down and look at my life and the way I've designed it, it really is exactly what I want. And does it mean that every day is great? No, it doesn't. It means that some days kind of suck and bad things happen and that's just part of life, that half good, half bad thing. But if I'm so focused on not liking my job and I quit, then I'm going to be sitting home recording the podcast, which I do love, but sitting home, not having a job to go to and not participating in the profession that I chose, which is veterinary medicine. And then I would probably probably be miserable staying home. And so cutting back a little bit on my hours might help, trying some things to adjust my attitude, trying to work shorter days, trying to schedule my days in a more precise, effective way are things that can help me get to the happiness that I'm looking for. But don't fool yourself into thinking that the goal of life is happiness. The goal of life is not happiness. Sitting around at home drinking a Mai Tai is really good for a day or two, but it's not good year after year after year. At some point, sitting around having a drink is going to get old and it's going to get frustrating and nothing good will come of it. It's not going to support your overall life goals. It won't accomplish your spiritual goals. It won't accomplish your financial goals. It will not create a happy life. So don't think that you have to be happy every moment and don't think that there are things that you have to do just because other people think that it's right for you. Regularly ask yourself if you're happy with your life, and if the answer is no, then let's work on finding out why and what you can do about it. And it doesn't always mean changing where you are or where you work or who you're married to or who your kids are. It doesn't change that. Extracting your family from your life is not going to make you happy. What is is changing your attitude about that family. So don't fall into that trap of thinking that happiness is a goal, unless it's you creating your own happiness. And the last question that I want to offer you before I end this podcast is, what do I want to learn next? Now, if you're a new veterinarian or if you're a vet student or if you're not even a veterinarian, but you're through school, most of the time the learning while we're in school is kind of a given. You have to learn. And many of us in this profession have to go to continuing education and continue to teach ourselves veterinary medicine. But there are other things that you might want to learn. And so what is your natural curiosity? A lot of us just stop learning and being curious because we've attained our goal of our job. We've become a veterinarian. We have to learn veterinary medicine. We have to keep up on CE. 
So we give up on the other things that we may have wanted to learn. But if you want to study finances, or you've always loved the law, or you love to read and you want to learn about self-help like I do, I love self-help stuff, anything you're curious about, ask yourself, what is it that I want to learn next? And take some time to do it. Learning creates growth. And in order to grow and accomplish big goals, you have to continue to grow your mind. You have to continue to learn. So becoming curious about your brain, becoming curious about the things that you want to learn, and actually taking a risk to learn them will only lead you to being better. It'll only learn, it will only lead to more happiness. And the best example I can come up with for this learning thing is, first of all, the fact that I started tap dancing when I was about 35. I was going with my daughter to dance school because she was a dancer, and I was taking her there every week and sitting in the waiting room for hours because she was taking multiple classes. And so I would sit there and I'd work or I'd read, but I started to think I always wanted to learn to dance when I was a kid. And I just never did. I was an athlete in school. I took a little bit of tap dancing lessons when I was quite young, but it kind of trickled away because either we didn't have time or we couldn't afford it or I forget why, but I didn't do it. And so as I was sitting in these waiting rooms waiting for my daughter to come out of dance class, I had the thought, why am I not dancing? Why don't I learn how to tap? And so I did. I decided, well, that's kind of scary and stupid and weird, but they had an adult tap dancing class. It was for beginners. And so I joined it and I started going to dance with my daughter. So she was in one room with her advanced dancers and I was in the other room learning beginners tap. And I've done it ever since. I love it. I've met a wonderful friend through it that we've danced together for years. And it was really something that opened up myself and my world to more happiness. It's not a useful skill. I'm never going to make money at it but it keeps my body healthy and it keeps my mind healthy. And so I continue to do it. So challenge yourself to think about the things that you've always wanted to learn, even if they sound kind of nuts and crazy at your age, quote unquote, because I'm willing to bet that at any age, if you step out of your comfort zone and learn some things that you've always wanted to learn, you will feel better. And many of the skills that we learn are useful. So many of the things I've studied over the years have helped me in my veterinary hospital and now in my coaching business. And I continue to learn. I learn from my kids. They're adults now and they teach me something every day. They're always challenging me to learn. And so we're not perfect ever. We never arrive. The struggle and the journey to learn is what keeps life fun and interesting. And in my mind, creates happiness. So this podcast, I'm going to stop there, but let me reiterate those questions again, just in case you want to write them down. If when you get home, I'll put them all together. What was I doing a year ago? Am I who I want to be? Where will my life be in one, five, 10 or 20 years if I keep doing what I'm doing? Where do I want my life to be and who do I want to be? in the next one, five, or 10, 20 years? How am I taking care of my five life areas? Do I enjoy how I'm spending my time? 
Am I happy? And can I be happy? And what do I want to learn next? If you look at these questions, either this week or the next week, or whenever you have a little bit of time to sit down and answer these questions, these questions will help you start to create a direction for your life. And if you need help in any way or you want to discuss this with me, please go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. Sign up there for free coaching. I'd be happy to run through all these questions with you and help you create some direction for your life. That's what I do with my clients, and that's what I love to do. And if you get a chance, go to my YouTube page and look at some of the videos that I've put out there of some of the past podcasts that I've done. It's very... uh, It's very rudimentary right now. It's in the development stages, but I'm trying to get that going for you. So if you want to see me when I interview people or listen to the podcast there, you can do that on YouTube. And follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I am there. And if you like reading, go read my blog. You can get to it on my website or you can get to it on Blogger. And just look up The Veterinary Life Coach on Google and it should come up for you. So I thank you so much for listening to me this week. I really appreciate you listening to me regularly on the podcast. I hope that some of the content I'm bringing you is good. And if you have any suggestions, please let me know. I have many more of these questions that I'd like to go through on future podcasts. So I will bring those to you as soon as I can. Go out there and create some goals and direction for your life and have a beautiful, productive, happy week. Bye.